for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon.com. Check out SeanTGreen.com for the link to Amazon's amazingly easy online shopping. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. Feel free to give us a call. 323-203-0815. I'm in the studio with my main man, Matthew Mick. Sullivan. Mick. <laughs> Matt's my already doing... My name's Mick. <laughs> I'm excited. Matt's doing an impression of our roommate, Ryan, who was hypnotized on this very program a few uh, months ago back. And Ryan, Ryan was hypnotized. They did like a past life regression on him. And it turned out that he was, he was a soldier in the Civil War and that his name was Mick. And he was fighting for the North, which was a surprise. Uh, we were, we thought he was definitely going to work for the South. And then it was so great. He, yeah, he they asked, <laughs> what's your name? Mick. Mick. What, how do you feel about the war? Excited. <laughs> Vermont. <laughs> it was like that. Do you, and Most then they, monotone, monotone responses I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, even in his hypno-regression, even in his past lives, he was an alpha male. Yeah. They were like, how do you feel about the South? I'll drop him like a bag of bricks. <laughs> Matt, I'm, I'm trying to like do the most inside jokes for anyone Yeah, we got we got it is called broadcasting. Got to broaden it up. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Matt Sullivan sitting in, a uh, longtime friend, oh, yeah. comedian. He's yeah. also an accomplished screenwriter. Just getting his first big breaks in the industry, moving up in the world. That's what I'm doing. Doing well for yourself. Doing all right. Um, well, let's start off. Let's start at the beginning, Matt. Right, let's, let's start at the beginning. We can talk beginning. about how we met. I think that's an interesting story in and of itself. That was a good story. You remember how we met, right? Yeah, I do remember. We were uh, we were both people don't like to admit to this kind of stuff, especially comedians. But we were taking a comedy class, right? And uh, you know, not that we needed it, we were just doing it. Right, we were auditing. Yeah, we were auditing. I was yeah. a TA at a stand-up class. Exactly. No, I mean when you first come out to LA, I had done stand-up a few times. And everything else I've learned in my life, I did it through taking a class. Yeah. And I had no idea, you know, where to go, what to do. So I was like, hey, I'll I'll take a Judy Carter stand-up <laughs> comedy class. I'll learn how to do stand-up comedy. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I'm a huge pussy, so I wasn't gonna do stand-up on my own. Like, I needed like someone to kind of push me. So yeah, I think we were we were interview or we were both through that class. There were auditions for this amazing sitcom. You guys have all probably seen it a lot. It's uh, it was called. Hot dog on a stick or something? No, it was called. I think it was called <laughs> Life, Life on a Fries Stick. Or, yeah, Life on a Stick. It was this piece of shit <laughs> TV show where we had to go in and pretend to be like working at a uh, at a, a hot, hot dog, dog on a stick. Yeah, a hot dog stand in a food court. Yeah. And I remember, I still remember, I sat down and I see this other guy, you know, uh, Matt Sullivan. Good-looking guy walk into the room. Yeah, that's so, a, that's immediately I was drawn to Matt Sullivan. No, I was actually drawn to the fact that Matt wore a McDonald's polo shirt to the audition. I was, I was trying to play the part. 
Well, no, I mean, it's funny, like, right now, you know, now, in hindsight, I make fun of it, but at the time, I was like, God damn it, that's a good idea! <laughs> Look, they're gonna see him in a McDonald's polo shirt! How can they, they're definitely gonna cast him! And it was just this cattle call, open call thing, and I just remember thinking, alright, I mean, I probably got the part, was that 30k an episode? Man, this LA's easy, I don't know what people are complaining about. All you do is you go to the trailer, read some lines, and they said I did a great job! They said I didn't even have to do it again. You know what? They said the same thing about me, too. <laughs> they said I nailed it. <laughs> what is Fucking it ab- nailed it. What is it about L.A. that y- no one can give you any honest feedback, especially honest feedback to your face? Like, maybe yeah. you can get some honest feedback via an email or something. But I, it's just it's a weird state of mind, in, just in California and the West in general, where the, the thing is like, oh, whatever you do, you can't hurt their feelings. Yeah. Well, you know what they said to me? Like, this is their words. This is not my words. This is quoting them verbatim. They said, wow, you just captured the essence of that role. Really? That's what they said. And then what yeah, happened? Yeah, they didn't say anything like that. <laughs> they I just think said, I flubbed a couple lines, and then they just like, said, no, no, we uh, we got some other douchebag to play this role. Yeah. Good-looking guys. <laughs> yeah. how, how funny are they going to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Speaking of funny, I... I just signed in. Well, for, we'll get to that part later. But I, I just signed in online here. CNN, top story right off CNN. Letterman, I faced extortion over sexual affairs. Um, Letterman said, this morning I did something I've never done in my life. He did this live at his taping. I had to go downtown and testify before a grand jury. Dave Letterman told his audience Thursday that he is the victim of an alleged extortion attempt and admitted to having a se- sexual relationship or sexual relations with several members of his staff, according to a press release. Wow. Wow. I wonder if uh, if, if it was Biff that was <laughs> Biff, doing the extortion. Biff. Yeah. Um, Paul Schaefer. Definitely, definitely Paul, Schaefer. He's got to do the sound effects for that orgy. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like some slide whistles on Dave. Yeah. Several members. Yeah. That means he's just plowing through the staff over there. Yeah, I mean, and anyone who's ever worked in production, like, should know that, like, that's not like the the cream of the crop. That's not like the pick of the litter. Yeah. Like uh, production's not really where you find the babes. <laughs> like he should have been boning like the guests. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. His 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 wife of well, he's been with the same chick since 1986. He really has bad luck. There was that guy who was trying to kidnap his son and hold yeah. him for ransom. Now someone's trying to extort. I don't know. How do you do that if you're such a mega celebrity? Like I understand you're drunk with power and you can bone anything you want. All right, I get that's tempting, uh. but it's not like Letterman's an idiot. Why would you literally dip your dip your uh, you know pencil in the company top ten list? Well, the weird thing too is is like <laughs> so many so many people seem to keep coming out like that people are trying to extort them, like which is weird because I, all I feel like I hear about is is people trying to extort people, but yet there's people that still try to extort people, <laughs> even though all the stories are about people who fail at extorting people. Yeah, I guess guys are motivated, like they saw the John Travolta, was it tr- exactly. the ambulance drivers tried to extort him, and someone's like, oh, this is a perfect time to make my move on Letterman. Exactly. No, these guys are facing libel and slander and blackmail. Yeah. Oh man, I actually... You should never plan your crime based on the fact that you heard another person commit a crime and get busted for it. This ties, this ties great into this... Uh, my workplace newsletter, I work in a very corporate environment, and uh, they send out these these newsletters, which insanely boring, but the, the <laughs> title of this um, newsletter is The Office, in quotation, Inspired, colon, Antics to Avoid. That paycheck is nice, but finding colleagues that we like is a real bonus, too. 
Many employees encourage camaraderie among employees and often have company-sponsored outings to facilitate bonds between coworkers. These social gatherings can be considered so important to the workplace that being excluded from them may be considered bullying. And then, you know, they go on to like, then they go on and describe of um, company outings that have gone awry. Guess what the first company outing, first workplace outing gone awry they bring up in the newsletter. Is that the one where uh, you got drunk and did the air guitar? <laughs> no, no. That, I did get really drunk at a company. That, that was like my, I don't, I don't really talk to anyone at work. I just sit with my headphones the on. the with the headphones. Yeah. I just sit with my headphones on. I listen to talk radio like you guys are probably doing now. I avoid eye contact or conversation. Not because I hate the people, I'm just really bored by my job. And then, you know, we went to an open bar, I cut loose, started drinking some whiskey, got into the air guitar, and I gotta say that there was a lot of bonding that took place because of that air guitar. <laughs> people were requesting songs on the air guitar. It was a great moment in my life. Dude. Could you do Eddie Van Halen on that air guitar? <laughs> the, the funny thing is I bet you were mostly doing Angus Young, doing like the duck walk or whatever. Mm-hmm. They, that, like I mean, jumping back, yeah. jumping back with your heel. Yeah, like the duck walk or whatever. Yeah. But no, this is great. The first thing they cite of um, company outings gone awry, Vikings on a boat. <laughs> and it's the Vikings sex boat scandal. Like, why do you put this in your newsletter? Are you really that worried that this kind of debauchery is going to take yeah. place? Like, Jesus, what kind of place do you think we work in where, oh, yeah, we're just going to take a cruise with horse? Company outing gone awry, Enron. <laughs> How are, how's the Minnesota Vikings like any other corporate environment? Exactly. Apparently, various women were seen on the boat engaging in questionable, quote, activities. <laughs> with the, with these, the front of other passengers exposed. It wasn't clear whether the women were prostitutes or whether they had been paid to travel from outside of Minnesota. Why is that relevant at all? Company outing gone awry. Pac-Man Jones in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, but Pac-Man was with other players. Yeah. Uh, the, the, my favorite part of that Pac-Man Jones story, well, first off, is that, you know, people were less fired up about that than they were about the Michael Vick case. Oh, yeah. Did you see when they released videos from that night? No. Oh, my God. It is really entertaining. So, Jermaine Dupree, I guess what happened, Jermaine Dupree... Um, was on the mic, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to make it rain, make it rain, and, you know, just like, I, I'm doing like an imitation of Randy, but he's like throwing money and stuff, Randy. and I and I guess all the strippers are going picking up the money and stop da- and then stop dancing, uh-huh. and then he grabs the mic, he's like, yo, don't pick up your money, don't worry about your money, you'll get your money, just keep dancing, keep dancing, if I see one more person pick up their money, I'm going to stop this party, uh-huh. and then I guess... Well, wait, both of your African-American voices sounded the same. Was the second, the, it was the first one was Jermaine Dupri, and the second one was Pac-Man Jones, right? No, no, no. It was, it was Jermaine Dupri oh. the whole time. Oh, so it made sense why it sounded the same. Then, yeah, I guess. exactly. I was oh, staying in character, okay. Matt. Right. Don't, don't make fun of my acting, Matt. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, Jermaine Dupri, he was, he was telling the strippers, don't take the money. Don't oh, take God. the money. Then, of course, I guess the stripper that was around Pac-Man Jones started taking the money. He allegedly punched her in the face. Uh, security Completely guards justified. Okay. Security guards kicked her, out, kicked huh? him out, and then you know he got in an argument Whoa. with security guards. Then that security guard somehow got shot, and uh, now Pac-Man Jones is in I the mean, CFL. I mean, that's just a string of coincidences that I just <laughs> refuse to believe was actually you know had anything to do with anything. Ah, uh, so. <laughs> Usually, I feel like in a situation like that, I mean, you know, I don't want to sound come across like a chauvinist or whatever, but I feel like 
In that situation, the girl should have just been fired, probably. Yeah, exactly. You know. Chad, please. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta throw in a Chad uh, Ocho Cinco, child, please. Oh man, lot to get to. Regards to Matt. Well, Matt, while we're talking football, uh, I don't oh, know if dude, you saw it. The Lions should have hey. down and Campbell out of his shotgun. Fourth and ten, eight seconds left. Campbell, back, throws underneath. <laughs> it's a hook and lateral they get it to. Betts, and Betts is going to be taken down. It's going to be a first down, but it doesn't matter. Three zeros on the clock. Game over. Losing streak over. Nightmare over. The Lions win it 19-14. to Matt, you're... A diehard Redskins oh, fan. Man. Take me through your mental state going uh, going into that game, first off. Going into that game. What were you thinking? Well, going into the game, I was thinking, like, I was like, I, the, honestly, I was looking at, like, all these picks where, like, pretty much, it was it was, it was was honestly almost unanimous. Everyone was picking Detroit to win that game. Yeah, like, I know. I, I was surprised. And I, w- I was like, wait, do I not know something? Like, is there something I don't know? And, you know, apparently there is. But no, I mean, during the game, like I have not been excited about watching the Redskins play for probably. Well, it was I don't great because I saw your years. I saw your Facebook posting. Matt is uh, like all like all fans, pretty bitter, and you know eventually bails on the season at one point or another, as we all do. But Matt posted a Facebook saying, three weeks in, this is the earliest I've been out of a Redskins season." And I could even tell going into the season, Matt wasn't didn't hear much shit talking about Matt. Like Matt was bringing up the free agent signings of Hainsworth and. You know, hey, Arakpo, look, and maybe these rookie receivers, you know, maybe they, you know, cautiously optimistic Matt. I saw him having a conversation with our uh, other buddy who's a Redskins fan, Adam Jacobs, and that was the only time I saw him kind of excited, <laughs> where he was like, yeah, you know, the defense, swarming, and, yeah. you know, Portis, he still might have some good... And then, nah. oh, man. Well, I think the actual status was, uh, I said, I think it was like... Um, I haven't even made it. To, we haven't even made it to October, and I'm already rooting for other teams to have injuries. Like, <laughs> like that's all I have to cheer for is like, you know, Brian Westbrook gets turf toe. Like, well, that, he's already he's already he's already banged up. So. Yeah, I mean, you know. Speaking of that, well, we got uh, Justin Matani calling in later with his mush minute. Um, we also have Vietnamese comedian Jimmy Q. Din calling in. Nice. So if you're a fan of um, Vietnamese comedians. Or just uh, comedy in general. Don't pigeonhole him. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to specify. Don't put him in that box. Let him put him in that <coughs> box. Um, well, we have some comedians on the show, but this celebrity comedian just just came out. Uh, he did a he did a celebrity stand up. Came out? <laughs> no. Oh, sorry. <laughs> He's still in the closet. Okay. Uh, he did a celebrity stand up contest in D.C. He was a star that was born in the 2008 campaign. Give it up for the comedic stylings. This was clip was brought to you by Cornell Reed. He's, he emailed that over to me. Comedic stylings of the great Joe, the plumber. No, now he's Joe the comedian. I'm done. I'm gonna go back to living the life of luxury. I miss my drivers. I miss my limo. <laughs> I miss my. This is him trying to do like, uh, you know, jokes about. Oh, I'm gonna go back to this rich life. No, wait, is this a YouTube clip? Yeah. Please tell me it's like something where like he's like standing in front of his living room. Like no, no, no. He's standing on, he's on the DC stage. improv. He's holding some three by five note cards. You could you can just feel the flops sweat pouring Does he out. Have like an like a wrench and no. like a plumber's belt. Like no. is he like Larry the plumber? No, nope, like no, nope. the no props. Guy, like... Props would be interesting. I miss my Cartier of uh, uh excuse me. I miss my snifter of Cartier uh, uh, snifter. Of... 
To all comedians out there, if you mispronounce a word, just move on. Don't try to go back and pronounce the word. It never, you're never gonna get that laugh back. Just keep going like a bullet train. No one's gonna give you the laugh back for pronouncing this. Of, oh, McCullen. <laughs> and for you those that don't know, McCullen is a ten thousand bottle of whiskey. And I really love giving myself foot baths. I pour about three of those bottles with a pound of saffron in there. At the same time, I let my someone just someone just cheered for saffron. <laughs> it's like, where is he getting this material? Conky. This is this is what happens. This is how we probably sound in coming out of the Judy Carter yeah. School of Stand-Up Comedy. No, we, we were still better. Yeah, no, I mean, at least our humor. If was. I was at this place, I would hope that like, um, you know, like. 20 seconds into his act, someone clogged the shitter, and they needed to get like him to plug it or <laughs> yeah, something that. would like be that. awesome. He actually, like... Joe, the plumbers really needed in the bathroom. Could you get him the fuck off the stage? They're like, enough of the bullshit on stage. We have shit in the yeah. bathroom that needs to be taken care of, Joe. I remember, Do you remember some of your first jokes, Matt, from the stand-up comedy class? Oh, fuck. Yeah, let me see. I remember... I feel like I remember, I remember one of my of uh, one of my gems. I don't know if it came from the class. I think this my, I might have just worked up on my own. But uh, I did some... You know, the Got Milk commercials, they they were all over the place at one time. And I would come out there, it's like, Got Milk? Yeah, probably. If not, I'll just go to the store and buy some. Who out there really needs a word spread to them about milk, huh? Yeah, we get it. It's been around for 5,000 years. Oh, what's next? Are they going to start advertising rice in Asia? Look, Yao Ming drinks it. Or Yao Ming eats it. Uh, got <laughs> Rice Asia? I still remember that joke. It's amazing. It is a... I stand by my notion that milk doesn't need to advertise. But let's hear some more of this Joe the Plumber character. Work me, you know, deep tissue massage. Oh, God, I miss it so much. (laughs) (laughs) That way I can go back to, uh, you know, I can go back to life of luxury, like I was saying. And, you know, I can hang out with my uh, two Cocker Spaniels, uh, Goldwater and Reagan. I can watch my uh, filly run in the derby next year. Her name's Oppress the Poor. I can watch her on my 109-inch plasma screen TV, so. <laughs> you can just wow. hear the nervous. <sighs> it's almost over. Now that, I know that Joe so, the Plumber, oh, now that I know that Joe the Plumber has all that stuff, I didn't really feel bad for him. Anymore. Yeah, exactly. He's got, a, he's got a filly named Press the Poor. <laughs> That's what's been weighing on my chest. So, you know, hey, listen. I'm Joe the Plumber no more. I'm Francis W. Rove, rich Republican, and I'm happy to be out of the closet. And, you know, what gives me the most pleasure at all is Keith Olbermann somewhere out there right now screaming, I knew it! I knew it! And he's going to have a stroke and life will be good. Hey, thank you guys very much. That was the only thing that got a laugh, him wishing death on Keith, uh, Keith Olbermann. Oh, God. I mean, in his defense, uh, I've seen some celebrities try stand-up, and it could have been much worse. Oh, yeah. Shut up! 50 years ago, you had your own tied down with a fucking fork up your ass! <laughs> Like, if anyone ever gave me shit about, like, oh, stand-up's easy, I can do stand-up, I would just play them this clip. I would go, this is a man who literally had decades of comedy experience. He's performed in one of the most popular sitcoms of all time as a, as a regular for hundreds of episodes. He was on sketch shows. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up on stage, he totally freaks out, and this is what comes out of his mouth. 
Like, it's not, I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> What's your reaction to that, Matt? You're just staring well, at me blankly. I mean, you know, I, the same thing with what I was saying before about Pac-Man Jones is like, you can't really judge him, you you know, you unless you walked a mile in his shoes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I obviously, do. Michael Richards is a talented comedic improv or whatever actor. No, yeah, he's, he's a he's a great character actor. He's a, he's a character. It's like I mean, whatever. Like is I, is it smart to just shit on people in the show? Because it's like we went to see John Lovitz and that was pretty horrible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he did like ten minutes of jokes about how bi- how small his dick is. <laughs> And then he followed that up with 10 minutes of jokes of how big his dick is. Like, there's no consistency. Like, it was... Man, John Lovitz really was uh, all over the I think to say map. it was hacky would be like uh, an insult to people who are legitimately hacky. <clears throat> he, like, stole hacky almost or something. Conquered it for himself. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you're wearing long sleeves. I can't... Uh, not able to see your tattoo. I remember mm. I remember the tattoo oh. you got on your forearm. Do that you remember? Great. Yeah, that was Th- hilarious. <clears throat> I'd never... It was a character. Yeah, speaking of characters, this guy, he was a character. We go over to this uh, tattoo shop. Where was it in, like, uh, in, uh, Los, Los Feliz? Yeah. We get in there. The guy, you know, does the whole tattoo rap. And uh, didn't you have, like, he's a got referral? Like, he's got, like, a – yeah, well, this dude had, like, tattooed Dave Navarro. He tattooed a security guard at, at the <laughs> CBS lot, like – that's how I even found out. I'm driving in, you know, the CBS lot, and this guy. I feel like everyone who's got gotten a, cool a tattoo, tattoo gets a referral from someone and is like totally confident they're getting the best deal. And this guy, yeah. oh, this guy, this is my guy. This is my guy. This guy's great. You know, we go in, dude's like got the devil tattooed on his neck or on his forehead or something, and all sorts of weird shit. And yeah, I mean, the 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 one of the there's two really funny stories. One of them was. He started talking to like he. Well, first off, he starts. First off, he starts drinking and yeah. smoking weed, like turning it into a party. And <laughs> hey, a whatever. Party. I, I'm just there watching Matt get tattooed. I, I'm yeah. fine. I'll catch a buzz. <laughs> I, but I, I could tell Matt was kind of looking at him eerily, like, uh, all right, well, you all are right. going to be using a needle on my body for multiple hours. <laughs> you want to maybe uh, ease up on Tone that? Tone that shit down. Yeah, I don't know if you need that extra Miller High Life, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a professional. Let him go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like. You don't go to a an accountant and tell him how to fucking do your taxes, like. Yeah, I've I've realized that um, tattoo guys they're like hairdressers in that, you know, but they're obviously they're much odder than hairdressers, but they feel the need to like strike up a conversation and get you like involved in a really. You remember that story he started going oh, yeah. off on? Well, I think he, he I think he started it by saying I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about, but I can promise. That it wasn't anti-Semitic. I can promise the story wasn't anti-Semitic. But then all of a sudden he launched in and said, well, I'll tell you what, the only thing I know about Jewish people is... uh," And it was this really long, contrived story about how back in the day there was no war. Yep. And there were the pyramids. And in the pyramids there were these, like, crystals that the alligators used to contact... Uh, UFOs. <laughs> See, now and you remember was... the details. I tuned out once you started talking about the reptilian race living underneath yeah. the pyramid. Well, no, these reptiles, these alligators or crocodiles, whatever they have in that region, um, would use these crystals to contact UFOs. And because of this, there was no war. But I'll be damned if the, those pesky Jews didn't uh, didn't take those crystals because they wanted them. They wanted to contact the UFOs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, seconds later, war broke out. 
So long story short, he's a huge fan of Mel Gibson and Mel Gibson's father. He subscribes exactly. to the theory that, and you know, you're sitting there, this guy meandering. It's like, wait, isn't this just like propaganda, like anti-Semitic oh, propaganda? It was totally anti-Semitic propaganda. And it's it's at a weird point because obviously you're un, you're in the mercy of this guy. You, it's not mm-hmm. like you can stand up and like, all right, this is weirding me out and yeah. leave. He's halfway through this. Uh, he wasn't really... even halfway. I think this was the first break. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> During the second break, we're outside standing there. I think we were he was smoking a joint, and some girl walks by, and he's like, hey, what's up? Oh, yeah. And the girl just like lives, gives him like a little smile but keeps walking, and he looks at us, and he goes, man, I'm 40 years old, and I just realized all you got to do is talk to them. <laughs> and then we have this Like whole- it was this gem of wisdom. Like you just got to talk to them. Yeah, and then we're talking. <laughs> talking to him about picking up chicks and he's just like he's just so stoked about it. It's like yeah, man. He's like a guy who just read the game at 38 yeah. and just like just figured out. Yeah, all you gotta do is just walk up to him and talk to him. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. And then oh man, it was just a long day yeah. of just you getting tattooed and then didn't well, want. The worst part was is that like towards the end of it, um, he was like he was t- you know I, whatever he smoked weed telling these like anti-Semitic stories. <laughs> But he was tattooing me, and so I was sweeping it under the rug. You know, I'm only like an eighth Jewish or something, so I, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, but like he, uh, the the part that really weirded me out was eventually he got to the point where he went from being happy to just being the most pissed off <laughs> yeah. dude I've ever seen. We, I don't know how many hours we were there for, but we were there for like six, and this was about four and a half to five hours into it. He just got really pissed. We off. We saw a crazy. He went nuts. Mood change. Yeah. Like he went in from like, hey, yeah, laid back party guy to just like angry. Yeah. Like he was dark to fuck shit up. That guy has insane well, range. Well, no, and I asked him, I go, is everything cool, man? You all right? And <laughs> yeah, his, Matt, Matt kept trying to comfort the tattoo artist. He's like, are you okay, man? Yeah. Are you okay? His response, I'm at war with the universe right now. <laughs> I'm at fucking war with the <laughs> Tattoo my arm, dude. Save the war with the universe till, oh, man. you know, I'm, I'm so, the fuck out of here, man. I'm so... How are you high and drunk? tattooing me and at war with the universe at the same time? That dude can multitask. I'm so glad I got to watch that because... I, the dynamic of looking at that guy with his brows furrowed, he's like sweating, like just angrily carving, almost like it's like some... Taking sat- liberties with the tattoo at some time. Satanic ritual, like he's carving this mark into Matt's arm, and then Matt, you know, reacting from the pain of the tattoo and the... Like a man, I wasn't making a face, I was no, yeah. straight-faced. But it was, just, it was just funny seeing you like, kind of just like holding back... You know, not grimacing, man. I won't give. I won't I say. I do it was not grim- feel a thing. Sean is lying. <laughs> but you're just making that expression, and then getting weirded out by the guy. So it'll go from like kind of this is painful to really confused to just weirded <laughs> out. And I'm just sitting there reading like a tattoo magazine, you know, catching a little buzz, just soaking it all in. It was. I thought it would be a really boring experience watching Matt get tattooed, but I was like, ah, I got time to kill. Whatever, I'll check it out. Man, it was entertaining. I was Amazing. glad. Couldn't be more glad I uh, went. Well, Matt, um, I got to say that one of the coolest things you ever did for me. I remember this. I'll, I'll never forget. I um, we I had called you earlier in the evening. We were going to see someone. I think do stand up. I think we were going to see our our buddy Paul Danky do stand up at UCB. I think, and I called you to see if you wanted to go along. Um, I didn't. I didn't. I think I left a voicemail or something, and then I get a call back a couple hours later. I pick up and I'm like, hey, what's up, homo? Or so, and uh, it's a hello. And I was like, yeah. It, what? Oh my god, is this is this Jimmy Kimmel on the other line? Oh my god! Oh my god, dude, I'm such a huge fan. Oh, oh man, you're amazing. He's just like, yeah, 
Thanks. Yeah, your friend uh, wanted me to call you a fag or something, but I, I don't even know you. So, yeah, I'm just at this party. I'm like, oh, awesome. Oh, and you know what? Sarah Silverman was performing at UCB, so for some reason I thought, like, oh, maybe he's over there. And I was just like, my heart was pounding, and I was just like, but I just like couldn't say anything. I just kept repeating like, huge fan. Oh man. So Matt, how did how did that all go down? Yeah, I mean, give anyone, me your take on it. Anyone who knows uh, Sean knows that he's. If you know Sean for five minutes, you know he's got a huge boner for Jimmy Kimmel. Exactly. And Adam Carolla, and uh, and Stern too. But um, now I was at uh, I was at this uh, DVD release party for Larry Sanders. Rubbing elbows. <laughs> um, no, I was I was not talking to anyone. I think I I think I didn't talk to anyone. Um, but no, I I was there and I just kept you know drinking some drinks and hanging out and eventually I was you know pretty pretty a couple you know pretty well well to do a couple sheets to the wind and all of a sudden like towards the end of it Jimmy Kimmel rolls up and I was like you know this is probably in poor form but Sean is such a huge fan of Jimmy Kimmel that I gotta just like say something to him. So I was like drunk enough, and you know, to be honest, he looked drunk enough that like <laughs> at the same time I thought he might not remember this like you know little little deal. So I just like walked up to him. I was like, "Listen, Jimmy Kimmel," <laughs> and I think I dressed him by his last... full names. Yeah. Listen, Jimmy Kimmel. James P. Kimmel. Here's the deal, my friends, huge fan. And I was like, "Listen, I think it would be hilarious. My friend's like the biggest fan ever. It would be hilarious if you called him on my phone and you called him a faggot." <laughs> And and I was like, cause cause you're like his idol. He likes you more than anything. So if you were to make fun of him, that's just comedy gold, right? Oh man, I would have killed myself. <laughs> so so he's like, yeah, no, that that would be hilarious. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so then I just dialed the number and they gave him the phone. And then well, there's a second part to that story too. All right, throw it on me. The second part, which Sean obviously remembers, but I'll go into it. Um, I was at the gym. Oh yes. I was at the gym. Like, you know, probably like eight months after that. And I'm hanging out, and I see Guillermo on a treadmill. And so Guillermo's hanging out on the treadmill, and I'm like, okay, I've already gotten gym. I love how you say Guillermo's hanging out on the treadmill. He's not working out. I mean, out. he He's might have been working out. out. I don't know. He might, he might have been standing there. But I was like, I was like, dude, Guillermo, you're awesome. Like, you're fucking hilarious. And I was like, this light bulb goes off in my head. <clears throat> okay, why don't I get Guillermo to call Sean gay? So I grabbed <laughs> grab my cell phone from the locker. <laughs> And I'm like, Guillermo. Matt's dying wish is to have Matt's make I just need Uncle Frank. That's the only person I need. But, um, but uh, yeah, so I go to my locker, and I get my phone, and I'm, and I'm like, Guillermo, okay. And this was like right around the time of, of Larry Craig, uh, the big Larry Craig scandal. So I got uh, I got my phone, and, and, you know, to Guillermo's credit, he's, you know, he's quite the improv artist. Uh, I think he might have even come up with the Larry Craig bit himself. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he was like, uh, you know, hey, Sean Green, uh, stop hanging out at the Minneapolis airport with Larry Craig. Yeah, something like that. It was like, I, it was inaudible. Sean had no clue what was going on. I had to give him the, the cliff notes later, the little subtitles. But uh, no, it was, it was hilarious. And then we went to the show later, and I and I went to the bathroom, and I and I – Somehow got them to say something about Sean at the show, but I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, Don Barris, the warm up guy. It was like, what did he say? I Some... don't think he called you gay, but yeah. was... I think that's the thing. I think they're worried that maybe I'm actually gay and I'll get <laughs> really offended by it or something. <laughs> but yeah, no, Guillermo was like, came out and said hi to him. This is his friend, so you know, whatever. I'm doing my part. Good time. So Matt and I, we were roommates for how many years, Matt? Two and or it was like three, three years, maybe? Yeah, three yeah, years. Yeah, long time. Yeah. We had a uh, lot of great times hanging out at our. Uh, the comedy garage that was basically uh, came to life from Matt hanging out at, 
and me and uh, Cornell. Eventually, Paul came on board. We also had a younger guy, Jesse, who was part of the team for a brief period. Jesse Big Screen Eichner. Jesse, he was a 18-year-old kid, moved out here from Pittsburgh, wide-eyed kid, doe-eyed kid, <laughs> deer in a headlight kid, uh, naivete, a lot of that. And the reason we ended up being roommates with him was because I was hanging out. Uh, someone had taken him in, kind of. He was living at a buddy's place in Redondo Beach. And we had went out drinking one night. This is like when he's 18, 19. And we came back from his place, and um, there was underground parking. And I really had to take a piss. So I just I found a corner, and I just started peeing on the shrubs or something. And I said to Jesse, like, oh, don't, I don't need to go to the bathroom. I'll just go here. And then I just hear out of nowhere, like hell you are. <laughs> and I guess the, the, the landlord was like his apartment was right above with the window open, heard me take a piss. And the guy just totally lost his mind, kicked Jesse out of the apartment. So I felt totally bad and like, oh, man, this kid's going to be homeless because I couldn't wait 10 minutes to take a leak. <laughs> so he became uh, became part of the team. We started hanging yeah. out. And, uh, man, a lot of good times with Jesse. You know, now that you tell that story, I, I totally re- realized, like, I haven't peed outside in a while. It's been a it's while. It's a good time. Like, I used to – that was, like, one of my favorite activities as a kid. Like, there was nothing cooler than seeing your pee stream bend in the wind. It's a great part about living at a house. You know, you just basically have your entire backyard as your bathroom. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, oh, Jesse, uh, remember that one time we went over to uh, our buddy's, uh, Matt's place, our other friend Matt, and we uh, we had some brownies. Oh, God. <laughs> we, got, we, got really, uh, we got really wasted. Do you remember that, man? Yeah, dude, I do remember that. That was like one of the worst experiences of my <laughs> life. So we got really wasted off these brownies. Oh, God. Come back to the place. Matt, describe your mindset of that evening. Oh, it was, oh, it was the worst. I uh, basically, like, you know, the, the, these brownies were spiked or, you know, we put stuff yeah. in them. And, they were uh, strong brownies. It was, yeah, strong these were batch. very strong brownies. And, and so, you know, if you've ever eaten strong brownies before... <laughs> Um, their strength doesn't really show itself up front. It's, it's like of, a it's a tidal wave that will hit you. Yeah. And you don't realize that because you keep eating. You expect it to, you know, kind of hit you as soon as yeah. you so, as soon as you swallow. But in reality, it's a slow, just tidal wave that's building that'll just eventually knock you off your feet. Yeah. And I, you know, I had driven to pick up the brownies, um, so like I was, you know, a little more, you know, sober than everyone else. And I, I still remember when we walked in to get the brownies, like some dude's just like, yeah, I know you want them brownies or something <laughs> like that. It was hilarious. He totally knew what was going on. Yeah, he could just tell, like, the like the glossy-eyed look of everyone. Like, um, But, yeah, so, so yeah, like I just kept getting up and eating more and more brownies. And, uh, and eventually, like 45 minutes in, it just kicks me, like, hard. Like I'm like, fuck. Like I can't even feel my body. Like I've never been that messed up in my entire life. And then all of a sudden, like, I went from, like, having, like, the most insane, um, you know, chocolate brownie experience uh, to honestly not knowing who the fuck I was. Like, I... <laughs> Matt totally lost his mind. He I lost off. my mind. Like, I, I, I was, like, well, I, I went from, like, like, I honestly at one point was, like, holy, like, holy shit, I'm fucking crazy. Like, I was, like, I have no clue who I am. And then it was, like, it was, like, uh, it was, like, Fight Club or something. I was, like... You know, that Robert Paulson scene. I was like, I'm Matt Sullivan. Justin, are you there? Oh, the mush minute. Justin. Hello? Justin. 
Oh, I think he just dropped off, oh, but he's of he's bitch. calling in. But Matt just got totally oh, devastated by that. Our other roommate Jesse had it much worse because I was sharing a room with Jesse, <laughs> and I remember in the middle of the night Jesse wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning going, ah ah ah, it's cutting my insides apart. The bottle, it's cutting my insides apart. Jesse was so wasted that he had thought that he had. Somehow he had smashed a beer bottle early in the evening, and he was so wasted that he thought he had drank the glass out of the beer bottle. And he was so paranoid and so wasted that he thought he, it was cutting his insides apart. It was 4 o'clock in the morning. He was shaking me to go to the hospital. Then I'm like, dude, you're just crazy. You're wasted. Relax. And then he, I, I finally walk him out to the living room. Our other buddy Cornell's sleeping on the couch. He just pops up out of a dead sleep going, Jesse, you're fine, dude. He goes, okay. Then he goes back to bed. I'm like, oh, I'd just been – he had me up for literally like an hour and a half. Wake up first thing in the morning, literally 9.45 right before Sunday kickoff. Jesse opens up the fridge and just starts eating more brownies. And I was like, dude, I want to strangle you right now. now I thought he woke up and started freebasing hash oil. <laughs> yeah, can well, we say that on there? <laughs> I think we can, but <clears throat> yeah, that kind of led to a slippery slope for uh, oh, Jesse. Yeah. Where he's cooking hash burgers and just incorporating hash into every moment of his life. And I like to say it all started with Sean peeing outside of his apartment. You know? I, I Sean was the catalyst. That was the pebble that brought down the boulder. I kind of feel guilty. Well, from one close friend to another, Justin Pantani, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. What's up? Pro V. Justin Pantani. How's it going? Soul Train. I don't know you're on the up. show. Wow. Of course. We brought you on um, to be the mush of the show so that we could get great picks of your horrible picks, but instead you've gone amazingly 8-1 and one against the spread in the past three weeks. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Well, right. is at, amazing. Least, at least someone's winning in this bit. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. But no, I, th- I, think, I think we figured it out. My, uh... I, I think you're not betting enough big money on these games. I think you're just parlaying these with small bets, and I don't know, something's going wrong, Justin. What do you think it is that's causing you to win games? Although now it's not the mush minute. Justin... At eight and one, I've allowed him to rename the bit the Money Minute, which I feel oh. like will inevitably transfer to it going back to the Mush Minute. But Justin, <laughs> back to the Mush Minute, yeah. The Mush Minute. I mean, I'm sorry, the Money Minute. Give it to us. What do you got? I don't. Next week is going to be a tough week. I was looking at it. Um, I don't know. As much as I like the Saints, I got to take the Jets plus seven. Jets plus seven. All right. What else you got? Jets plus seven. Uh, Chargers plus six. All right. All right. And uh, Giants minus eight and a half. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, wait. The Giants. The Giants don't pay, play Tampa Bay. I no, the it's the Giants. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't. They in Kansas the City. Heat, I apologize. Oh. See, maybe that's why I'm winning. I don't even know. <laughs> He's taking the uneducated approach. <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever works, Justin. How much are you up for the season? Uh, right now, close to six hundred. Well, there you go. Damn, that's awesome. Justin Bentani and his money minute. That's right, folks. You got the free picks. Justin, where were you when Sean was in Vegas? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scratching himself. Far away. I didn't yeah. want to be around that mess. I heard about it. <laughs> Anytime Sean's in Vegas, you don't want to be far away. It's, it's good people watching. <laughs> it's always I, – I say what you want about my uh, lifestyle and my inability to control my vices, but God damn it, it's entertaining one way or the other. It is. It's just kind of sad, though. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, my mom listens to this show, all right? Relax. <laughs> oh, I apologize. Sorry, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't listen. Or maybe she does. She just doesn't say anything. Yeah. My dad my dad listens to the show, and he, he gave me some show notes the other – the other. Uh, he sent me an email. He's like, 
yeah, I heard the Kato stuff. Nice work, you know. I like I like when you don't drop as many f bombs, you know. I like that. <laughs> you know, it, that sounds just like my dad. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about, Dad? I don't curse that often. Well, I guess in the, the show after Ireland, you started off the show by saying, uh, this is the way I'm going to do the show, and if anyone else doesn't like it, they can go F themselves. You know, telling the audience to F themselves, that kind of turns people off. <laughs> oh, wait, was that the Sean Green meltdown? No, that was, no, that was the Nikki Glazer show. All right, uh, Justin, <laughs> Justin, we got a packed show. We got to go, man. Uh, we got another guy calling in. Thanks, though. No Jimmy. problem, later. Later, right. Brevy. Jimmy. Oh, man. Well, Jimmy Q didn't supposed to call in. I just saw his call. So, Jimmy, if you're listening, uh, call back. But, yeah, my dad was <laughs> my dad was. I, – I swear, it's like once you hit a certain age, just the vulgarity is such a turnoff. I, I don't know. I guess I guess we're, it's just a different time, Matt. I don't – Yeah. They just – it's it just seems like they're such – I appreciate my dad listening. I really do, and I appreciate the constructive criticism, but – you know, at some point you're just like, I want to say fuck. Who yeah. cares? Well, I feel like when my dad's listening, like when I would do stand up, you know, my dad, if he ever watches it, he's only listening to the swear That's words. their main concern. Yeah, that's it's all just he's concerned much, with. It. He's like, well, Jimmy. I like that you only said the F word twice. Jimmy. Hello? Jimmy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, welcome to the show. This is uh, comedian Jimmy Q. Din. Jimmy, thanks for calling in the show, man. Thank you for letting me in today, tonight. Oh, oh yes. So you're um let's uh, tell people a little about yourself. You're f- originally from Vietnam, right? Yeah, and I want to be the chicken flacker. Wait, what'd you say? Not chicken flacker, okay? Chicken flacker. Oh. I flacked the feather off from the chicken. You did. Well, how was that? Uh, how was that as a life? Yeah, and then I I just like it, you know. And right now my friend asking me, Jimmy, do you shave? I say no. I flack them. You know, <laughs> that is my job in Vietnam. But now, you know what? Now in Hollywood, I actually have a, a, a similar similar job that I do eyelash extension for movie star. Really? Yeah, but rather than I flack the feather off from the chicken, right? I put the feather or the hair back onto the movie star eyes. Is that funny? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, movie and chicken are sound the same. Nothing like. Yeah, they are sound the same. Nothing. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, do they have a uh, rednecks over in Vietnam? Oh yeah. You know, no, no we don't call redneck because the farmer, Vietnamese farmer, they have to squat on right? the muddy, rice field. You know? Yeah. So we don't call them redneck. We have to call them the sprout nest. Is that funny? <laughs> yes, that's very funny. <laughs> yeah, and you know, in Vietnam, like, people are skinny and dark. So they think the whiter, the fatter, the better. And they say, like, you know, Angela Jolie, oh, she's so ugly because so skinny, look like a dried fish. You know? <laughs> they say she looks like a dried fish? Yeah, because so skinny, so dry. But Roseanne Barr, oh my God, but she's so beautiful in Vietnam because her skin is whiter and she gets bigger, you know? Wow, you have you come from a totally different world, Jimmy. Yeah, it's sunset in, 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 it's sunset in Hollywood, it's sunrise in Vietnam, you know? Different world. Yeah. Now, you, <laughs> you have a lot of energy. Where does that come from? Is that a lot of Vietnamese people like yourself have so much energy? Where does that come from? 
I don't know. Maybe I think maybe um too much green, maybe too much green onion or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now you have a you have a big family in Vietnam. Yeah, we have only nine children. Only. You have what? We have only nine children. Only nine children. Oh. Yeah, but the other family they have twelve and fifteen. You know. Yeah. Yep. And then we have to sleep in the small kitchenette. And then uh, look like Shadin, you know, Shadin, yeah. you know, and every two hours we have to say, bing, we turn to the right, and then two hours, bing, we turn to the left. <laughs> and if, so you had to rotate. if you turn, yeah, if you turn, if you turn wrong way, your nose will be in your brother's mouth. Oh, wow. No, no, one, no one wants that. Yeah, that's very funny. <laughs> so, Jimmy, that. what's your... Uh, <laughs> Matt doesn't. Matt doesn't like the jokes. I'm on about, the fence about that one. About uh, siblings sleeping together. Now, yeah. <laughs> what? Um, Too close to home. Yeah, that's. That, uh, Sean, Sean. Yes. If your friend don't understand me, can you interpret him from English to English for me, please? Yeah, I'm. I'm telling him. He he gets it. Uh, yeah, and I know. I know some of you may have knows that I still have a slight accent. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah, you have a little accent, yeah. but you know. Very it's all right. slight. Well, Jimmy, uh, thanks for calling into the show. Where can people check you out, man? Yeah, thank you for letting me in, and thank you. Okay. Good America. All right. Well, thanks for, uh, yeah, I mean, I let you in America, and you're doing a good job. Keep up the good work. Yeah. Check out Jimmy Q. Din at the Sean Comedy Store. Green, I will put my Jimmy yellow later. Okay. All right. Take care, Jimmy. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Did he thank you for letting him in America? <laughs> yeah, Matt, you didn't realize that I let Jimmy Q. Din on a work visa? <laughs> Oh, wow, you're sponsoring him? Yeah. Oh, Matt, wow, what a perfect segue. You were talking about sponsors, and, uh, you know, now that uh, Amazon.com, they're actually the sponsor of the Green Room right now. They're uh, on board with the program. Basically, all you do is you go to SeanTGreen.com, then uh, you click on the Amazon link, and it's just like it's just like shopping on Amazon normally. Um, just real quick. Give you guys some uh, ideas of what they have. Honestly, what don't they have at Amazon, That's Matt? You were talking That's about good point. the MP3s. They have have it. They have the selection. Cheap prices. They don't have, have that. It. They don't have that BS copyright stuff that yeah, goes those lock iTunes protections. Bullshit. They're cheaper than iTunes. Mm-hmm. They're cheaper than iTunes. You got the new Brother Ali album. You can get the Wax album. Wax gracious enough to um, let us use his music for the program. You can get Wax's uh, new album. They have camping gear. They have groceries. They have, uh, if you're a Bill Simmons fan, they have the book of Bill Simmons right now on pre-order sale for 40% off. That's $18. You're not going to get a better price than that. Great deal on, uh, great deals on electronics. Even. Yep. Fucking great deals. Matt, watch the F-bombs, please. Oh, my dad's listening. Yeah, my dad's not. I can, I can, <laughs> I can go crazy with it. Um, they also have Eastbound and Down, Season 1 DVD out. Great program. Actually, it's probably one of the funniest shows I've seen on television, no lie, in a long time. It's 20- not television. It's cable. Yeah. It's HBO. <laughs> $21.99. So make sure you check that out. And, uh, yeah, check out Amazon.com. I, I don't need to sell Amazon.com. You know it. You love it. But uh, just make sure you click on the link on SeanTGreen.com. Oh, man. So much show, Matt. So much show. Great time. Right. You enjoyed yourself, Matt? Yeah, this is awesome. About to wrap things. I up. don't know what I was so afraid of. <laughs> you're like you're like the people on Stern. Oh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't even really have any. Uh, well, 
Well, we could talk. I was expecting you to come with some hard-hitting questions, like, you know, when, when Leno asked Kanye West how his mom would have <laughs> oh, responded. Yeah. We played those clips. Oh, oh man, God. that was so amazing. What an interviewer. And uh. I've heard Jay Leno acting like, I got to know your mother. What would she think about this? Oh, my God. Just what my, a douche question. Oh, my douche meter was just, it was hitting the reds. Yeah. Matt, um, I do want to share this story. Matt, you're a very competitive man. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you remember. Well, obviously <laughs> you remember. We used to play cards, and we would play friendly games of poker. <laughs> and it came down. It was like, you know, our roommates got together to <laughs> play poker. came down to you and me, um, you and me playing poker. And it was just one-on-one, back and forth. And I, I guess I kept uh, kept winning the hands, finally won it, and <laughs> Matt was really angry. Without missing a beat, he grabs a can, crushes it, smashes it like twice into his head, and storms off in his room. Matt, just give us a brief insight into your uh, psychology there. Uh, I don't, you know, honestly, I think I was pretty drunk. Yeah. I probably was just thinking, like, you know, just show these dudes, if I'm not good at poker, just at least let them know how tough I am. Show them that you're just a real man. Just intimidate them so the next time they don't call my bluff. I think that was maybe what was going through my head. But, yeah, what ended up happening was I had a big, like, U-shaped cut from, like, the mouth of the, the can on my forehead that I had to explain to people to work next day. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Pretty ridiculous. That wasn't the only time you had a giant cut on your head. Didn't you have another giant cut yeah. on your head that you had to explain to people? What really happened there, Matt? What really there's, happened there There's was... theories there that you weren't giving us the straight story. Was that the straight story? No, that was the straight story. It was... My writing partner and I were just like I was I was literally about five minutes away from going to a work uh, a work Christmas party and my uh, roommate and I were like you know whatever joking around and he uh, said something and I was just like oh, I'm gonna fucking put you in a headlock or a full Nelson so I go to put him in a full Nelson and he used to wrestle so he well, ducks down Matt and his partner in their West Hollywood apartment were hey, wrestling writing partner that's <laughs> oh, okay it. it's Sorry. key you got to put that in oh, there I forgot that. So he, uh, he, he, I go to put him in full Nelson. He grabs my leg. We're in the kitchen, which is a tight kitchen. I start hopping on my leg, trying to spit out my toothpaste because I've been brushing my teeth at the same time. Fall over backwards, hit my forehead directly into the cupboard, get like a, a two-inch welt on my forehead, and I told people that I got in a fight. And uh, all right, well, yeah. Matt, thank you for coming on the show. Where can people see it? Um, in my living room or my right. studio apartment. Check out Matt out in his <laughs> living room. Is that it? We are. We can read that last thing. Thanks for listening to The Green Room. Don't forget to check out SeanTGreen.com and make sure to check out LegalZoom.com for all your self-help legal needs. Referral code GREEN for The Green Room discount.